0: Our passage today that will be driving all of our prayers for this entire week comes out of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31. Have you not heard? Have you not understood? The Lord is an everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weary. He never grows weak. No one can measure the depths of his understanding. He gives power to the weak. He gives strength to the powerless. Even youths become weak and tired, and young people fall in exhaustion because they're homeschooling. <laughs> but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. What well, we want to challenge you today, especially, but the rest of this week, is to replace, replace what you don't know about the future with what you do know about God. So in the Isaiah passage, we have a God who's everlasting. We have a God who's the creator of all the earth. We have a God who never grows weak or weary. You can never measure the depths of uh, his understanding. And what does this God do? He gives power to the weak. He gives strength to the powerless. Then those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that with the, all the unknowns that we know, there are things that we do know, and that is that you are the God of all creation and that you never grow weary, you never grow tired. In fact, you have said that when we put our hope and trust in you, you will give us strength way beyond what we normally could have. So, Father, I pray not only will you meet the needs that are represented here today, but God, I pray that you would do even more than just meet the needs. I pray that you would give us strength, strength like we've never had before. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Hebrews six nineteen says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into, his, into God's inner sanctuary. That is who he is. That is who you are. This hope, it's strong. It's trustworthy. It's an anchor for our souls, and it leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Father, I pray that we'd put our hope and trust in you as the way maker. God, I pray that you would help us not to lean on our own understanding or uh, wish for things that just are not, uh, not that don't matter. God, help us to put our hope and trust in you and you alone as the way maker. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our passage, focal passage uh, today is going to be found in Luke chapter 24, and we'll begin with verse 13. And I'd like for you to take the uh, take time to find that. I, hopefully this week you will interact with it. We do have discussion questions that I'll point you to in just a few moments uh, as we look at this. But our, our driving passage that I just read is out of Hebrews 619. It's the one that is taking us um, every week this, uh, this week uh, and in the following weeks with our, uh, our whole issue on hope. And when we think about this, last week we talked about hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And so the resurrection of Jesus offers us the four best words. We're going to find them Uh, in this story that we're about to read and it is found in Luke 24 verse 13 and the one thing I want you to know before uh, we move into the passage is this particular passage keep in mind that Jesus is fully alive at this point Jesus has been raised from the dead earlier that day and he is fully alive only these two guys that we're going to look at they don't believe it yet And as we all know, just because you don't believe something doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't exist. But Luke 24, beginning with verse 13, says, "...that same day two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened." As they talked and discussed these things, notice this. Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. You might underline that, that particular verse, or that particular part of the verse. Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking among them. And a simple but easy takeaway here is Jesus shows up in the mundane. Here they are, they're on the way, they are headed somewhere And Jesus shows up, not just in the destination, but on the way, on the journey. I don't know about you, but uh, I can tend to have destination disease. And destination disease looks like this, that I miss everything that's right in front of me. And it doesn't become crystal clear until someone points it out to me that I can be really impatient and not fun to be around. This happened early on with our kids on vacation And when we would take off, my goal was for us to get to a certain place at a certain time, and we were going to be there, and we were going to stay on schedule. And it wasn't until one of our kids said, Dad, you need to lighten up. And uh, I took it to heart and realized that what I was so concerned about the destination, about getting through, that I was missing some amazing opportunities on the journey, on the way. Here are two disciples who are in over their heads, at least they feel like it, because uh, things haven't played out the way that they had wanted to. And so they're headed. We're not exactly sure why they were headed to Emmaus, but they were headed there for a particular reason. And they're headed there. And Jesus shows up in the process. I want us to realize that it was on the way. In fact, what is amazing, John 14, verses 16 and 17, said, Jesus said, I will ask the Father. He will give you another, another advocate who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because they're not looking for him and they don't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus is making a reference saying before uh, the the end of the resurrection and the ascension. He said, "I am with you, and I will always be with you." But it's best that I leave because the Holy Spirit will then come, and we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But if the power of the Holy Spirit comes. Who is the exact representation of Jesus Christ? It's Jesus in the Spirit. He comes to live in us. Matthew twenty eight twenty. Right before Jesus' ascension, he said, "And be sure of this: I am with you always, even to the end of the age." He is always with us. Romans eight thirty five to 39. It says, can anything separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus? Verse 38. I'm convinced that nothing, nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life. And then he goes on and he talks about all the different kinds of things, just a few to talk about. Neither angels nor demons nor fears for today or worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. And then he says in the uh, last part of verse 39, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So I come back to that statement. I want you to replace what you don't know about the future with what you do know about God. And what we've just seen is that this God that, that, that is, is Jesus Christ is with us, said nothing can separate us from his love, nothing at all, neither death nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor things to come, nor height nor depth, nor anything that could ever be created can separate us from the love of God. Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us regardless. Look at verse seventeen. And Jesus said to these two guys, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad, looking sad. Uh, in the Greek language, uh, the West Bible Commentaries talks about it. The word literally means they looked gloomy, they looked dejected. So we get the impression that these men were discouraged and disappointed because God did not do what they wanted him to do. And we can have all these expectations of what we think God ought to be doing. And yet I want to come back to replace what you don't know about the future with what you do know about God. Jesus is with us. Another observation, silence is not synonymous with absence. Silence is not synonymous with absence. In fact, this week I read a part of C.S. Lewis and he said this. He said, I'm sure that God keeps no one waiting unless he sees that it's good for us to wait. I'm sure that God keeps no one waiting unless he sees that it's good for us to wait. We can trust God to do what's best for us at the right time. Time. Again, replace what you don't know about the future with what you do know about God, that He is always with us. Jesus is with us. What do we know about God? Isaiah 43 19, it says this For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness, I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. The thing that's a powerful about this uh, prophecy is that notice the current situation it could be similar to our situation where it says it just feels like we're in the wilderness. And when you're in a wilderness and there is no pathway, you're not sure which direction to go or when you are totally thirsty for something. And in this case, he says, I will create rivers in a dry wasteland. So we have a wilderness with no pathway. We have a wasteland where there is no water. And yet he says, look what I am doing. I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. And he's creating a pathway through the wilderness and he's creating rivers in a dry wasteland. And that is what Jesus is doing because he's with us. And we don't have to have this destination disease that once we get through this pandemic, then things get back to normal. What I want to pray is certainly that we get through this, but even greater, what does to do through this and what does he want to do in us? And so my thought is we pray for awakening and we pray for an awakening in, in there are numerous ways, but I would suggest three ways that you would begin to pray. If you are feeling like you're in the wilderness, you feel like you're in a dry wasteland and it's been a while since you've heard from God. That you would pray for personal awakening, that this would be something you say, God, would you do something in me and through me in the journey, not just toward the destination, but in the journey, would you do something in me? What about pray for an awakening relationally? Some of you are in some situations where, and for probably good reason, that there's some some, uh, distancing between uh, some people uh, relationally not just physical but emotional distancing and what that you would begin to pray God what needs to be awakened in this relationship that I have with this person or with that person or with my spouse God or my roommate what what do you want to do how do you want to awake and again awaken. and again it's 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 starting here in a wilderness where and we I don't know the way out and some of us feel that way in some relationships I don't know the way out it feels dry. It feels like there's no life. And yet God says, I'm doing something new. Don't miss it. What he wants to do. I'll create rivers in a dry wasteland. And then third, which we will talk about uh, as we do uh, national day of prayer, but we would talk about the wide awakening, because what we want to do is see that God wants to use whatever is happening around us. He wants to use it to draw people's attention to. We aren't in control, and we need uh, to put our hope and trust in God, that God would do in a a worldwide awakening, to do something new. Would you pray something along, along that line? God, do something new. Back in Luke chapter 24, verse 18 and Paul says, then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened uh, there the last few days. I mean, it, look at the at the humor here. And, and here he's talking about Jesus doesn't realize that Jesus is right there with him. And then Jesus doesn't reprimand him. He just says, yeah, wh- what, what are you referring to? What What things? The things... I'm just glad that uh, I'm not God because I would have been so sarcastic. I, I, would have, I would have really probably shamed them, which is my default motive. I'm not careful through my uh, gift of sarcasm. Uh, but Jesus comes alongside and he lets them talk about things, the things that have happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. He was a prophet, he did powerful miracles, he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped, here it is, we had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our own group of his followers, they were at the tomb early this morning. They came back with an amazing report. They still don't believe it. Came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing And they had seen angels who had told them Jesus is alive. They still don't believe it. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. The disciples had no reason to be discouraged. And what I want to say to you, we have no reason to be discouraged because the creator of the universe is with us. Jesus is with us. Replace what you don't know about the future with what you do know about God. Jesus is with us. And how patient God is with these two guys. And he's providing all this this reason for them to know. People have seen it. People have heard. and, And there's an empty tomb and they still don't believe it. And yet Jesus is so patient. Verse 25, then Jesus said to them, You foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in Scripture Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? And then Jesus took them through the scripture. He took them through the writings of Moses. He took them through all the prophets explaining all the scriptures about the things concerning himself. I like uh, Eugene Peterson's message paraphrase. He probably has a gift of sarcasm Because here's how he wrote verse 25. Here's how he thought Jesus would have said it. Then he said to them, so you are so thick-headed. You are slow to learn. You're slow-hearted. Why can't you simply believe all that the prophets have said? You are thick-headed. And I think that would be an appropriate way for us to pray and say, God, would you show me where I'm thick-headed? Would you show me where I'm slow to believe because you are with me? Why would I worry about the future when what I know about you is true, that you've said you'll never leave us, you'll never forsake us, that you can cause all things to work together for good to those who love you? Why would we put our hope and trust in things we don't understand when we do understand certain things? And I love how Jesus spoke to them to give them hope. He took them to the Scriptures we know in Romans ten seventeen, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. That's why every week we say, Here is our focal passage. Every week we have a closing challenge for us to do. We're using youversionbible.com as a reading to stay in, in, in close communication with God where the Scripture can teach, teach us because the Bible is alive, it's well, it, it, it works deep within our hearts. My tendency, if I'm not careful, is to wake up in the morning and feel overwhelmed and feel like I'm out of control and not sure exactly what to do. But but it's uncanny how I go back to God's word and start my day off with scripture, and all of a sudden I realize God is with me and God brings light to the verses that I read. And this is what Jesus did; he took them back to scripture. Scriptures opened their eyes. Look at verse uh, 28 and following. So as the time they were nearing Emmaus and some of the journey. Jesus acted like he was going to go on and they begged him, stay the night since it's getting late. So Jesus goes with them, verse 30. As they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened. They recognized him. And at that moment, he disappears. And they said to each other, Didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked to us, as Jesus was with them? Didn't their hearts burn because they knew it was truth? Wasn't it amazing how our hearts burned as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And notice in verse 33, and within the hour, they're on their way back to Jerusalem. I love that. What used to be really important to them in Emmaus, never mind, got something much bigger and better. They had been exposed to the truth that Jesus was with them, and Jesus was alive, and they couldn't wait to tell other people about it as well. What are you hearing from God? And they heard from God, and when they heard from God, they couldn't keep the message to themselves. What I want to encourage you with is don't underestimate the power of the mundane. Don't underestimate where you are today, day in and day out, and some of the routines that now seem a bit mundane. Jesus is with you, and he wants to teach you, and he wants to bring certain things about in your life in the midst of all of this. And I want to encourage you to, to share it with other people. If I don't know if you're, you're probably familiar with this, but in the Bible.com uh, U version. Uh, There's a place when you start a reading, you can, you can invite friends. And the beauty of this is you do your reading. And then at the bottom of your reading, there's, what did you get out of it? And it's a, it's a, a place for you to Tell other people in your in your uh, concentric circle of relationships, this is what I'm learning. And not only do I get to share that and the people who are in my circle in this particular read, not only do they hear that, they get to pray that for me. As they respond, I also get to pray for them as well. This afternoon, I'll be talking to my good friend Lance and we are reading together. And so one of the first things that we do is to talk about, so what are you hearing from God and how are, what's he calling you to do and what are you sensing God to be doing inside? And it's about the power of God's word and the power of sharing it with others around us as well. Here's what I love. Jesus revealed himself, uh, re- revealed himself to them during a common meal and that's how he often works. It's in the process. It's along the journey, not just at the destination. And Max Licato said, everything's changing around us. But there are four things, four words that are the best words ever that are not changing. And here it is. Jesus is with me. And you ought to write that down. You ought to bank on that. Because you can face the unknown by what you do know about Jesus. And Jesus is with you. The resurrection tells us Jesus is with me, let's pray together. Father, I pray that we would never forget that you are with us, and in particular, you're with me, and I give thanks for that. And I pray for the uh, the Nuka family that you would reveal yourself over and over in the process, in the mundane that you would develop within us so many Christ-like characteristics as we just process and, and have no idea where the future is going. We do know one thing, that you're with us, and that you will never leave us or forsake us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So before uh, before you check out, uh, I want to take you through some response. Uh, and... And your response, I wanted to look in a very important way because here's what happens. Many times we can find ourselves listening to God and then we go off and start doing something else and we don't act immediately on what God has called us to do. And so every week you will have a response or you can go to newcupchurch.org slash respond. But here's what I'd like for you to do. If you're not on your phone already, take your phone and I want you to text this number, 402 Two, six, zero, I'll give you a moment to do that. 402 260 and just text the word respond and send that. And what will happen is it will immediately respond to you and it will give you an opportunity to fill some things out. We'd like to know you were here. We'd like to know that we can pray for you. But here's what it says. Uh, what you will do is you scroll down. It says, I would like to, and there's several, several things that you have an option to do. I would like to talk with someone about following Jesus. If you click that and then send it, we want to be in, in communication with you. We will call you. We want Our goal is to move you one step closer to Jesus every time we come together. And so you might say, I want to talk with someone about following Jesus. Or maybe you want to get involved in an online group. We're constantly forming new groups. And uh, we want to talk to you about that. Maybe you're needing some information and resources uh, for your kids. Uh, maybe they're driving you absolutely crazy right now. And you need some encouragement. Well, we want to be around to say, we w- we're in your corner with you. But in particular, there's one more area, two more actually, one, one I want to draw your attention to. says, in response to today's message, I want Jesus to... And you may just want to fill that in with just saying, hey, after today, I just want to... uh, My response is to realize that Jesus is with me. And so you just write that down and saying, I'm going to lay claim on this because I know this is true. Jesus is with me. But maybe you, in response to today's message, you have some questions. And so you type in your questions. And once again, we want to respond to whatever may be on... On your heart, so that you continue to dialogue with us. There's a place for you to put prayer requests, and we send those prayer requests to a group of people who pray all week long and pray, and they'll be using the Isaiah 40 passage uh, to pray for you this week. There's a place for you uh, to see our Bible reading plan for this week. It's called Hope in the Dark. It's actually a two week plan, some of us started it last week. But I thought today's was really interesting. This is why it's so important that you're in God's word. This was today's reading as I read this morning before I uh, came up here. Here was the statement. If you think God has forgotten you, you've forgotten who God is. And I thought, oh, this is, this is just perfect timing. It's just the power of God working and using the, the, the reading that we were doing. If you think God has forgotten you, then you've forgotten who God is. And so there's an opportunity if you're not already in a Bible reading plan for you to jump in and uh, do hope in the dark and sign up for that. So let me end with this. There are discussion questions, but there are two that I'd like for you to, uh, to have either to think about if you're by yourself or if there are a couple of people in your, in your house with you. Discuss these two for sure before you take off and do whatever you're going to do this afternoon. Here's the first question. What about the future causes you concern? What about the future causes you concern? What are you worrying about that is out beyond today? And for those who have kids, it'd be good to enter into conversation with them. What are you worried about? Are you nervous about anything? Uh, Are you worried and And have this conversation with them. But then moving to the second question, which says, what do you know about God that addresses this unknown? What do you know about God that addresses this unknown that is causing you worry? Well, I can tell you one thing that we have already talked about this morning. Jesus is with me. Jesus is with you. There are other passages and in the reading, Bible reading plan you will find yourself with tons of verses that will encourage you to know that you're not alone, that Jesus is with you and he, that he will be with you. Last thing that I want to uh, encourage you to, uh, many people have been putting yard signs up in their, in their yards and it's a great sign. Thank you, Marissa. And it just simply says, God cares for you, New Covenant Community Church, uh, org. And you can put these up in your uh, driveway, some uh, place where as many people are walking by and having uh, just opportunity to read this. Maybe they're drawn to our website, which would be a great place for them to move one step closer to Jesus. And I'll talk about where you can get those. And then we also, not many, but we have uh, uh, probably about 20 or 30 of these left. And these are simply uh, gift cards that you can take and drop off at, uh, at your friend's house. Uh, your neighbor or someone that god has laid on your heart there's some gift cards in this uh, this bag you can write a note just let them know hey i just want you to know i was thinking about you and praying for you i'm grateful for you just want to encourage you and uh, drop these off and as i said last week the cards have been sanitized until you touch them and uh, so you could uh, take care of that but let them know that we were careful when we packed them uh, to sanitize them well so the next question comes, where are you going to get these the sign and the baggies? Uh, Troy Heller is waiting for you right now uh, at the entrance at uh, the flip side here at New Cove. He'll be here till noon and be glad to offer you uh, some packets and some uh, yard signs. And as we have opportunity, we'd love to pray with you as well. So uh, let me close this in prayer, and then I hope you'll linger long enough. Uh, to have some discussion about what are you worrying about? What is about the future? And then what do you know about God that addresses your, your concerns? Father, thank you for the time we've had. And I pray that you would help each of us to hear clearly what you were wanting to say to us. Father, may we put our hope and trust in you. May we replace what we don't know about the future with what we do know about you. And that is that you are with us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. May God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace because Jesus is with you. Have a great week.